0: Hello, everyone. And inside today's Locked On Canadians, we have contract news, we have waiver news, and who heading into the Canadians' final two preseason games is in the toughest spot to make the team going into opening night. All that and more inside today's show. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 700. That is 700. It is quite the achievement of Lockdown Canadians. Uh, unfortunately, my co-host is not here to celebrate this momentous occasion with us. Uh, it is just I, your host, Scott Matla at Scott Matla on Twitter. And I am thanking you for making us your first listen of the day. If you listen to wherever you get your daily podcast, or If you are watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and you hit the bell so you know when new videos post from us here at Locked On Canadians. And we have a lot to get into, and we're going to start with something that's been uh, kind of in the background the entire summer. Uh, Logan Mayu today was signed to his entry-level contract uh, by the Montreal Canadiens and Kent Hughes. And I'm going to keep this brief. I'm not going to be discussing his off-ice Issues that had happened and that he was, you know, fined for in Sweden and suspended in the OHL for. I am going to discuss this contract and my confusion around it in a purely hockey sense right now. Uh, Laura and I have talked about everything surrounding this in the past. We're not going to rehash things a hundred times. I'm also not a person in a position to tell other people how to feel about this. I'm not going to try and do that because those who have made up their minds have made up their minds regardless. And I am not going to try and force any one person to feel how they should about this. It's a very uh, complicated issue, and I'm not diving into that in that regard. So I want to make that very clear. I am not here to condemn this person to never having an NHL career. That is not my job. My confusion surrounding this contract is twofold in that they had another year of his eligibility in the OHL before they would be forced to make a decision, and they could have let it expire. They'd get a second-round pick as compensation for that, and they chose to sign it when he hasn't played uh, since last spring. He uh, suffered, a severe, suffered a severe shoulder injury, uh, required surgery. He's been rehabbing it uh, in, uh, I believe, in Ontario. and Then he has come to Montreal. He has been Basically, in Montreal the entire summer and into the fall now. Uh, he was at Lasso Montreal with Josh Anderson and Nick Suzuki. He's been around training camps, working with the staff and rehabbing his shoulder. And my biggest thing with this is I look at this and I go, this is a player who has a lot to prove on the ice, as in purely hockey terms here. He has played 12 games in the last year. And you can go, well, he was suspended for part of that. Well, actions do have consequences for things. And his actions cut out a huge part of his own development time. And in those 12 games, he has some standout skills. He can shoot, he's physical, and he can play a a more offensive style, I think, that the Canadians might be looking for. But as we've talked to scouts, you know, at the draft, just around off the air on the podcast, the biggest concern a lot of people have is with the way that he processes and thinks the game here. And that's kind of where my concerns are. I don't doubt that he has physical talents on the ice. That's never been uh, something I've been concerned about. I look at this and I go, someone who has played 12 games, got injured in a fight. At least I'm pretty sure it was in a fight and just hasn't hit development milestones. There was no ru- need to rush to do this deal, I feel like. Owen Becks, yeah, there wasn't a rush on that, but he earned that deal with his strong play this preseason. Philip Mechar and Yuri Slavkovsky earned their contracts by nature of where they were at. I look at Logan Mayu and I go, yes, there are people like, well, he's a big right-shot defenseman and the Canadians need those in the pipeline. All of that is true. But as of right now, there is no guarantees for anybody that he is going to magically become that person. Could he? Absolutely. Will he? I don't know. I am not a development expert. But from what I watched in his games playing in London, the few handfuls that I were able to watch is that a hockey IQ and decision-making is not at a level where someone is going to be NHL-ready at a point in the near future. And I would have preferred the Canadians. Kind of take the cautionary approach. I know Kent Hughes wants to be bold with the way that he does things. And that's commendable. He is in a very tough spot right now. But this is a guy who has not played a lot. When he did play, he was fine. Nothing outstanding that, you know, you can't miss this player. And I think they could have just waited on this a little bit. If he lit it up during the regular season and he signs that deal, okay. That makes perfect sense. Signing this when he hasn't played since last spring did not play at development camp, did not play in the rookie showcase, did not play in training camp or the preseason. He has, isn't playing in the OHL right now. He's still rehabbing that shoulder in just 12 games. This feels like a decision they made that either they think he's going to be an incredible offensive defenseman. And this is why they did that. But um I could be wrong. He could absolutely go to the OHL this year and light it up. And yeah, that's egg on my face. whoop de doo wouldn't be the first time, uh, especially when it comes to prospects, rightly or wrongly. This just feels like something that they did not need to rush forward with. But as of right now, he's still under contract. He is with the team still rehabbing his shoulder. I believe he's skating in a non-contact, those powder blue practice jerseys. And we'll see what's next. I assume once he's good to go, they're going to just send him back to the London Knights and let him play. And I'm curious to see what the next steps are with this, because they mentioned doing all these things to, uh, improve on himself and to, you know, be to educate himself. And they haven't fully announced really what this program was or what happened in that. And I don't think they ever will. That's their prerogative. But when you promise transparency and fans ask for transparency, not getting, it makes it feel a little bit weird. Um, that's really all I've got to say about this. Like I said, I'm not talking about the off-ice thing. The The replies I got to just saying it was disappointing this morning were enough that I just I didn't really want to touch on this, but I would rather not hide from my own opinions on the show about this. Um, I feel like this is a move that could have waited even a little bit once he had played some games again, uh, and we'll see. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Like I said, not the first time. Uh, there is more roster news. We have some injuries. We do have some waiver news and that's all coming up in our next segment. But first, today's show is brought to you by the fine folks at BetOnline and they are your number one source for all your football betting info that you need this year. The NCAA season is in full swing. The NFL is in full swing. Hockey is right around the corner. MLB playoffs start this week. BetOnline has you covered across the board regardless of what sport you were looking for with live in-game betting, up-to-the-minute scores, podcasts, news, everything you need to win some money through BetOnline.net. And if you want to bet on MMA, boxing, even golf, they've got you covered there. So please head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. We are back. It is the 700th episode of Lockdown Canadians, and I do apologize for this one being a little bit shorter. Uh, I am off work today. I'm not feeling super above the weather. I'm not sick. I'm just feeling a little bit tired, and there's not a whole lot of Habs news before their next set of games against the Ottawa Senators. So we're just kind of doing our news brief and updates on things here. So uh, just before sitting down and recording, this is what I was waiting on actually before I recorded today, was the waiver Wire news. And all three players that the Canadians placed on waivers yesterday so, Alex Belzeal, Anthony Richard, and Mitchell Stevens all cleared and were assigned to the Lavelle Rocket today. After the game last night, Owen Beck was assigned back to the Mississauga Steelheads of the OHL as expected. And Brandon Giniak on an AHL deal was also sent back to the Lavelle Rocket with the red and white scrimmage today. And I look now at uh, the Laval Rocket roster with everything happening that's going on right now with all the bodies they have there it's very very good at this point point. and if I because I have uh, behind me now so if you see me looking up it's on the screen behind me they have a forward group that includes Nate Schnarr, Mitchell Stevens, Anthony Richard, Alex Belziel, Jan Mishak, Xavier Simono, Joel Teasdale, Lucas Condotta, uh, Brandon Gignac will be in there as well. Donick Martel is in there. Uh, Gabrielle Bork is in there. This does not include AHL deals, just NHL contracted players. And there's still cuts to come from the Canadians. I think, um, and we're going to talk about some of these last little battles in our next segment, but I look at the rocket and I think they're going to be fairly stacked here. And I'm looking uh, at the defense. I assume someone like Madison Bowie or, Uh, Corey Schooneman will also be on waivers before too long to help bolster the rocket there. They already have Matthias Norlinder. They already have Johnny Fairbrother down there. Alex Green, uh, Miguel Torini, William Trudeau, uh, John Parker Jones, who's playing both forward and defense at some point. It's, it's kind of wild. And I'm also remiss to, uh, I did not include Philip Mayshard when I was talking about players who were sent down to the AHL. I got to say the rocket do look very, very good this year. I'm kind of excited to see what they do here. And uh, Anthony Richard was an absolute nightmare for the Rocket to play against in the playoffs. And Alex Belzio, uh, like I said in the other episode, is just their switch man, their utility knife there, basically. He can do everything for them. Uh, and this also includes the possibility that, hey, Uri Slavkovsky might join the Laval Rocket for a little while. It's a team that looks like it's going to be very good. They're going to be very fast, and they're going to be adding other pieces here. There's a lot of competition for uh, roster spots in the AHL and the NHL right now. Guys like Pierre Dubé, who uh, I was actually very impressed by at the Rookie Showcase. Just absolute nothing but effort. And I think the expectation is much higher now. They made the playoffs, They got within one game of making it to the Calder cup finals. And I think uh, everyone is expecting now that, Hey, you know, we, we want to make the playoffs here. And the biggest thing I think all this hinges on is goaltending. Uh, Joe verbatic, I believe will be starting in the ECHL this year. I don't think he's going to um, steal away a spot from Kevin Poulin or uh, even Philip Derosier, for that matter, who came over. He was playing for the Lions. He was a Winnipeg Jets uh, property last year. So if the Moose needed a goalie, Derosier went to them. And I think this is honestly, uh, it's actually kind of funny, is that Philip Derosier is the one who took Samuel Montembeau's job originally in Springfield. And Samuel Montembeau is on that cusp of guys who uh, might be coming down to the AHL. Uh basically that last spot is between him and Caden Primo behind Jake Allen at this point, if they don't go get a third goalie, there's it's. I'm kind of interested to see what the Canadians do now, because there's still, you know, a couple days of waivers left before the preseason ends. Uh, obviously there are waivers every day, but as camps get down to the end here, there are better and better players on there. It is no longer one day where every team is sending everybody down and everything gets lost in the shuffle. Uh, each day there are interesting pieces: Alex Barry Boulay cleared waivers, Matthew Phillips. We talked about. There's always someone interesting out there, and I'm wondering if Kent Hughes is just kind of waiting on on something, on you know, just something to pop up here. Uh, the entire waiver list today: Parker Witherspoon, Corey Schneider, Dennis Chalowski, Hudson Fashing not Durando, Andrew Andrew Hoff, Brandon Baddock, old friend, Maxime Lejoie, Mackenzie McKechnie, old enemy, Lane Peterson, Ryan DeZingle, Max Wilman, Adam Brooks, old friend, Louis Belpedio, old friend, all on waivers today. It's uh, it's not a it's not a lot of crazy people uh on there, but there's always interesting pieces uh, to finish up right now, and I'm. I'm Kent Hughes. I know the biggest thing is we've talked a little bit about Mike trading for Michael Furland and, or, you know, making a move for Pierre Olivier Joseph. I'm wondering if he's waiting and just getting someone for nothing. And then would he wave, um, uh, Mike Hoffman or your Armia? I don't think so, but there's something that doesn't feel like it's fully in place here. And, uh, obviously the rocket have their own preseason games in the next little bit, but, uh, there's all, time will tell what the Rockets are doing here. And I'm sorry for kind of being a little bit disjointed on this. A lot of things kind of happening, uh, kicking around. Like I said, I don't feel super great. Uh, coming up in our final segment, though, I do want to take a moment to talk about some of those final battles heading into the Habs' final two uh, preseason games. And that's all coming up in one moment. I am back. It is episode 700 of Locked On Canadians. Tomorrow, I'm going to be finishing up some of those mailbag questions that you sent in last week that we did not get to and touching on any other news that might be happening around uh, the league, around the Habs. Who knows? There is a game at 6.30. We'll have a little bit of the recap after that. It should be as close to an NHL roster uh, as Martin Singh that we can get. And I think the biggest thing first, uh, going into these final two games, Jake Allen is the entrenched starter. The Canadians know that right now. Behind him, it's up to Samuel Montembeau or Caden Primo to earn that spot. Both haven't played great. Both have played kind of badly. Both have been somewhere in between here in the preseason. And I'm wondering, what do the Canadians want to do here? Montembeau got lit up in his last game for five goals. Caden Primo kind of got hung out to dry in one of his other games here. I think that's a very interesting battle to watch because... They gave Primo three years, and that's going to be coming to the end of Jake Allen's tenure here. Samuel Montembeau will have been gone, and you're going to have your Frederick show, your Jakob Dobish. um, And even if he, you know, comes good, Joe Verbatik climbing up and going to be looking for playing time. He can't just be in the AHL of your Caden Primo anymore. And I think that's a very interesting battle looking at this going into uh, the weekend here, because I assume Allen will play one of the games and will probably play all of it just to get ready. Um, and the next one is it, and this is a very weird thing is like, I never imagined that Yuri Slavkovsky would be the one battling for a roster spot, not because he's been bad, but just because can you stick and can you do more than just kind of tread water in the game? Can you be an impact piece this season and bring yourself that next step forward a little bit and. I think he can. It's just, you know, is he just lacking a little bit of confidence because he doesn't have the goals yet? Is it, you know, he's a little tired because he's played a lot this preseason. But if he's faltering, there's guys like uh, Rafael Harvey Pinard, Jesse Yelonen, who are fighting very hard for those final spots there. I think Harvey Pinard and Yelonen have had their moments of shining, but they don't have the same panache and impact that Slavkovsky has on the lineup overall. I would like to see one or both of them make it, but I just look at the lineup in front of them. Uh, on the left side, it's Druan, Hoffman, Pitlick, and currently Michael Pazetta. Paul Byron is out. Obviously, you have Slavkovsky thrown in there as well because they're alternating pieces. And on the right side, it's Caulfield, Anderson, Gallagher, Dodonov, Armia in front of Yelonen. And, and it's hard because I thought Dodonov's played well. Brendan Gallagher's played well. Caulfield's been the best hab in the preseason, and it's not particularly close. And a lot of these guys, though, can flip across the wings here. And down the middle, it's Suzuki, it's Doc. it's Dvorak, it's Evans, it's Monaghan. That's not going to change at any point here. I don't expect those centerpieces to change at any point. And I look at these wingers here, and I think the one who might be in toughest to make the Montreal Canadiens right now is Michael Pazetta. And it's hard because he earned his spot last year. He got called up with the team kind of spiraling, and he fought to keep his spot in the NHL last year, and he did that. He earned himself a one-year contract. And I thought his play in this preseason, he's still got that physical edge. He's still feisty, but he's shown some really nice uh, offensive skills to keep plays alive, keep plays extended, get pucks where they need to be. Uh, His work setting up Arbor Jackey's goal against Ottawa on Tuesday night was what you want to see from your fourth liner, but I look at these other pieces. Is Slavkovsky going to force him out of the lineup? Is the, you know, return of Rem Pitlick as a regular going to force him out of the lineup? When Paul Byron comes back, is it going to force him out of the lineup? And there's no point to having him sitting in the press box, not doing anything. But at the same time, who in this lineup do you replace him with? And I, yes, I know everyone's going to go, well, Mike Hoffman, because at least he tries. That's true. But Mike Hoffman is a better overall player than Michael Pizzetta is. I don't think that's a hot take to say. Uh, Michael Pizzetta is one of those guys who I think is right on the cusp. And I think as much as people, myself included, want to see both Rafael Harvey Pinard and Jesse Ullan and start with the Habs this year, I think they're starting with the Rocket. Simple as that, just based on a numbers game. But I also think they are due to make that jump this year when – Bodies are traded and they will be at this point when your you know Dodonov, when your Monahan, when your X, your Y gets traded, you have replaceable pieces there. And I think Yesy Ulinen could immediately jump up onto a line with Suzuki and Caulfield and form a really strong offensive threat. I think with someone like uh Christian Dvorak, who can help possess the puck and make smart little passes to open space. Someone like Rafael Harvey-Penard with Brendan Gallagher would be a really good combination to put together. They're not being forced out because they aren't good enough. They're being forced out because of a numbers game. And I could be wrong. Something crazy could happen after I'm done recording this. They could make trades. They could do this. They could do that. Um, but for right now, uh, it is what it is. And I realized, I forgot, in the waiver segment, uh, there were two injuries after last night's game. I can't remember if I mentioned them, that both Emil Heinemann and Yol Armia were listed as injured. I don't know if they're going to be good to go this weekend, but that opens the door for these guys to make one last push. And I also realized I forgot Emil Heinemann, who has had a very strong preseason. Still a little bit confounding, but I think he's done enough that he's forced the Canadians to take a look. And if he isn't making it this year, and he goes back to Lexand, I think he'll make the team next year almost pretty easily. Uh, And now heading over to defense, uh, Joel Edmondson, when he's back, will be in the lineup, will be a staple in this lineup here. Um, David Savard will be in this lineup, whether you like it or not. Mike Matheson will be here. He will be the top-pairing defenseman. And Chris Weidman will definitely be here. Everything else is up for grabs. Corey Schooneman, Madison Bowie, Jordan Harris, Otto Leskinen, Arbor Jack Eye, Uh, even Caden Gooley a little bit. I still think Caden Gooley is going to make this team. I think he's going to make it as their third de- defenseman right now uh, on that left-hand side. And they could pair him and Jordan Harris on the third-pairing and I wouldn't think anything of it. Uh, The biggest battle I think is between Justin Barron and Jordan Harris for that third pairing right defense spot because Harris has been quietly good, maybe not as flashy, and Barron has had the higher points but also has had more mistakes. And I know that Harris is listed as a lefty, but he's been used on the right-hand side a fair bit in this preseason at the Rookie Showcase, and he can play both. And that flexibility I think gives him a little bit of an advantage Madison Bowie, I think, is going to the AHL. Uh, Otto Leskin, I think, is going to the AHL before too long. And I think Corey Shuneman might stick around as the seventh defenseman right now. But I could also understand if they send Leskin and or send Shuneman and Leskin down, or Shuneman and Bowie, or Bowie and you know, whomever. Uh and I'm realize I'm forgetting Arbor Jacke, who I think is going to be very much up and down between both a lot this season, depending on the situation. He's someone that I'm very intrigued to watch his growth because the broadcasts have started liking a lot of what they've seen from him. I'm starting to like a lot more what I see from him. He's gotta iron out some things, but this is a kid that's making teams take notice of him right now. They mentioned on the broadcast that, you know, after the Habs signed him, they were like, why can't why didn't we sign him? Why couldn't we find this? And I think that's a credit to the Canadians amateur scouting staff who found him. And it's a credit to both Kitchener and Hamilton for helping him get to that next level. And now, in the Canadians coaching staff, it is up to them to continue to help improve Arbor Jack guy from there. Um, outside of that, I mean, most of this is locked in. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the next week, because we are, as of when I'm recording this Wednesday, October 5th, one week from opening night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I f- still feel like there is something coming in the works here. Ken Hughes has got something planned out. Um, as always, make sure you're following here, uh, following me on Twitter at Scott Mallet. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Canadians. Follow my co-host at The Active Stick. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Ring the bell so you'll get notified whenever we have uploaded a brand new episode. Uh, I'm sorry this one's a little bit shorter, but news is a little bit quiet today. And you know what? That's all right. Gives us a day of peace, but we got two more games against the Ottawa Senators this weekend. Uh, It's going to be a crazy good time. Laura will be back before long. I promise you all. Uh, When you are done listening to us here at Lockdown Canadians, please check out Lockdown NHL, where all of our local experts have all the news and information you need around the NHL so you stay notified. Uh, As always, folks, have a great day, and I'll see you all next time.